Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind and we are here for episode 96 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I'm happy to be joined by Austin Uliano. Austin, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. I'm really interested in getting it. You got a very interesting backstory. I love what you're doing right now as well. I want to explore from start to finish. Can you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself to get it to kick us off? Sure. So my backstory, the very short and condensed version, is I went from homeless sleeping out of my car in New York City with about 43 cents to my name to becoming one of the fastest growing live streaming influencers, working with major brands like Periscope, Snapchat, uh, let's see, Cellular One, Fox. Uh, there's a whole bunch more. Um, doing personal branding and consulting, becoming a public speaker, being on Forbes Business Insider, just like having the whole gamut, which the American story of rags to riches, which I'm not Jeff Bezos rich, so I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> and then uh, basically turning all of that into becoming a motivational and public speaker and just building from there. Awesome. I, I got to start with where and when was the 43 cents? Can you take us back to that day of Austin? How sure. old were you? How did you find yourself in that situation? Okay, before that, the story actually starts. I was about 23 and I was living in upstate New York in a little tiny town, which has the small town culture. And I was building a marketing agency. I was selling Facebook advertising when the small town was still doing print ads and it was like shooting fish in a barrel because mm -hmm. they'd spend $1,000 on a full page print ad in a magazine that and they're like, we get 10,000 you know, impressions. And I went for $1,000, watch what I could do with Facebook advertising. And this was like 10 years ago. It was mm -hmm. insane. Actually longer than that now. Anyways, and I did really, really well for myself, but being 22 and being stupid, I made <laughs> wrong decisions and everything sort of crumbled and it just steamrolled from there. Right. And I lost everything. And I kind of looked at myself and I was like, the smart move would be to move back home into my mom's house, sleep in her basement, kind of rebuild myself up, go work in like nine to five and kind of go at this again. And I realized at that time, even though that was the smart move, internally I was going to die every single day that I was like living that life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what is the stupidest scary move I could make? And I've found in my life whenever I ask this question and I find that thing that scares me and I run forward towards it, I get the most amount of results and growth. And that was packing up what I had with no opportunities, no connections, no money, taking everything that I currently had and driving down to New York City with my girlfriend. And we slept out of my car in Williamsburg, Brooklyn for three months. And we found the only place that had 24 seven parking, which I, makes it sound unbelievable because if you know New York, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. My car broke down and we just like scraped our faces up down in New York City. And the 43 cents happened because I was doing this thing where I'd like sign up with a new email address to get a Grubhub $15 cent uh, or $15 off coupon so I could eat. And I 
only had 43 cents and I mastered the art of getting a meal for 50 cents using this <laughs> trick. And I was looking at it and I'm like, I don't even have seven cents to feed myself. I have nothing left. And I was sitting on a rooftop in New York City, just kind of like freaking out going, what am I doing? And I had this epiphany and I realized that the reason I was homeless sleeping out of my car with 43 cents to my name wasn't because of this one big decision I made that like to come down here. It was actually thousands of micro decisions that I have made in my journey that led me to where I currently am at. And using kind of the scientific method, I went, okay, if moving forward, I made the opposite decision or reaction that I would typically do, then naturally I would have to become a different place than where I'm currently going. So I tested this and it started out small. So like if I got off the subway, I would normally have to make a right to get home, like my car. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a left. Not a huge difference. It took me one block out of the way. Later on, I learned that this is called a pattern interrupt and this is massively powerful. But it, hmm. would, it was all these little decisions that started building and stacking and building and stacking. And this new sort of social media medium came out. And being in the social media space, I'm always like interested in these things. And this new social media medium was called live streaming. And I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's jump two feet into this thing. So I pulled up my phone. I downloaded the app was called Meerkat. It was premiering at South by Southwest. And on my first live stream, it was me and this friend I've made. Our first live stream, we had 3,000 concurrent viewers watching us. And that just blew my mind. How, how, how does that happen? Was it just you guys got in early at the right time or? Yeah, yeah. miracle. I'm not going to lie. Like there's a whole bunch of luck that is necessary to be somewhat successful. And this was like kind of that luck thing. It was the perfect timing, the perfect storm of like this new interesting thing. So there was a ton of hype. We jumped into it. We had a nice dynamic between the two of us and it was just a ton of fun. And I didn't think anything of it really. Like at first I was just like, we're just going to have some fun. Like this was me trying to take a break and having 3000 people watching us talk back and forth, I realized, I was like, oh, this thing can radically and fundamentally change my life. And from there, it just built. It built to my last live stream. I had 30,000 concurrent viewers with an extended audience of over a million, and it has just blown up. So that's the longer story. Right. I, I, I need to dig a little bit deeper, Austin. So sure. my first, this is a two-parter. First part is, how did you get to running a successful Facebook ads company at, at the age of 22, 23? Because I think that in and of itself is impressive. Sure. And then the second thing I want to know is what are maybe the one or two big mistakes that you made or, or key lessons that you took out of that first, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, right? Collapse from yeah. the top or you know whatever you want to call it. But number one, how, how did you get there? And then number so, two, what one or two lessons you learned that, you know, you, you've since maybe applied to avoid those kind of results since? The how I built the early success was I was. How do I put it? 
I almost want to say ruthless, but with myself. I would consistently push myself to go outside my comfort zone. So I had no experience. My background is in massage therapy, <laughs> which is like the most ridiculous thing. But I was willing to push myself and try and learn and take on new skills. And when Facebook was sort of rolling out its advertising platform, I was watching and trying to learn from other people. And so what I did is I found like little coffee shops in my area who I was friends with because I was basically working at a coffee shop, which I kind of still do except for coronavirus. And I was like, I was just talking to them and I was having conversations and I, and I basically just pitched it to them. I was like, hey, there's this new thing. Can we try it? And I didn't get paid for the first a uh, couple of jobs I did because I just wanted to see and I wanted mm -hmm. to be truthful. I wanted to practice using somebody else's money. Right. So I set up campaigns for these people and it was it wasn't like I cringe at what I did beforehand, but I was basically taking their same copy they've kind of used. It was like a two for one deal like, hey, come in, get one cup, like buy one cup of coffee, get the second one free. And I was just advertising to a local radius. So there was already brand awareness for the coffee shops. It was already something people wanted to purchase. Uh, they just had to come in and say, hey, I saw your ad on Facebook. Like it was super, super like, I almost want to say like ghetto. Like I just <laughs> put this thing together and it worked, right? Like people were coming in and they were talking and I couldn't really track the return on investment as well as you can nowadays. But like anything else, you just have to take these shots and you have to learn from your failures. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was learning really quickly like, oh, I'm not like I'm not able to track how much we're getting. I'm just hearing through the grapevine. I can see these numbers go up, these impressions and these clicks, but it's not necessarily like I didn't know about email marketing and landing pages and you know marketing funnels and all the different aspects that go into creating a successful campaign nowadays. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to start, my suggestion is to find potential clients, potential people you can work with and like do it for free, do it on their time, like work for somebody else if you can to learn the skill sets, whatever it takes for you to kind of start building your base, you have to grab that and you have to run and it's really freaking tough, but it's worth it. Absolutely. And then when all that, again, I don't know how to call it, came crumbling down, what are one <laughs> or two lessons maybe that you took from that or piece of advice you would give to other people so that they can avoid it. Okay, so I have a ton here. <laughs> One, your mentality predicates your success and your failure, period, end mm. of story. If you don't have the right mentality, you're inevitably going to screw up. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, the way you change your mentality is the same way you change your weight. If you are overweight and you want to lose weight, you eat healthy and you exercise. That's it. It's not that complicated. All these fancy diets you see, they all are fundamentally the same thing. Mm -hmm. Consume less calories and exercise and you lose weight. Well, when it comes to your mentality, your brain literally consumes every single day. If you're watching Netflix or YouTube or whatever, look at what you're consuming and what is that making you think and more importantly, how you feel about yourself. So I learned this kind of later on 
like on my rise back up from being homeless. I was watching motivational YouTube videos. I was reading books. Uh, I was uh, listening to audiobooks and audiobooks and books you can get from the library for free. It doesn't cost anything. YouTube is free. Mm-hmm. I changed what I was consuming mentally and it helped me re get my brain in the right place. The other thing is learning about failure through everything crumbling is understanding what you can control and what you can't control. Like you build a successful business on Facebook, but you do something that puts you out of alignment with how Facebook is, they will shut your thing down and you've lost everything. But if you have a website, if you have your email list, if you have your personal brand, if you've invested in yourself, those sorts of things can never be taken away from you, relatively Mm -hmm. speaking, Mm -hmm. right? Skill sets, you know, um, connections, teams, uh, all those things you can never lose. And so it's really, really important to invest in yourself first. So that's what I learned. Absolutely. Yeah, those are some those are some great uh, lessons. And, and we often find that we learn the most from the failures. So that's oh, yeah. why I like to that's why I like to ask about them. So, Austin, let's go forward. You have okay. this video. 3,000 concurrent, concurrent, you know, viewers, something kind of clicks. What, what's the next step from there? So the next step from there was a level of consistency that I've never really operated with before. I was going live streaming as much as I could. I was creating a schedule week after week after week. But what ended up happening... What, what were um, you talking about, if you don't mind? Like, were you talking about marketing? Were you? Yes, exactly. I was talking about marketing and business. And the weird thing was... As I was doing this, I was homeless sleeping out of my car and I failed and I'm not the successful business owner. So what starts running through my head is that imposter syndrome. Like, why is anybody listening to you? You're a freaking failure, Austin. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was about to self-sabotage. And you have to understand that we do this often. We sabotage ourselves so often. And so I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, what is that scariest thing I could possibly do? And that scariest thing to me at that time was, what if I actually was honest with my audience and told them exactly where I came from, why I'm a failure, and why you maybe shouldn't listen to me? Right. I was like, the worst case scenario is people say, hey, you're a fraud, and we'll stop listening to you. I'm like, okay, and that is totally a legitimate fear. But I decided to do it anyways. I decided to be honest with my audience and be like, listen, here's some things I've learned. I'm a failure. This is how I failed. Here's what I've learned in my failures. And what ended up happening is my audience didn't reject me. They actually embraced me further and they went, holy shit, this is that word called authenticity. This is realism. This is totally normal in the entrepreneurial world. You're Mm going to fail. And it just kind of accelerated from there. I killed my imposter syndrome. I was like, listen, here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm doing. And here's how I'm trying to rebuild myself. And it just built. Um, from there, people heard about it and they were like, hey, can you help us with you know, these marketing opportunities? And I got to partner up with Meerkat and Periscope, the two biggest platforms and work with them, which was crazy. Um, and some startups in New York City and it just, re-kicked everything into a new gear right that, that's awesome and it we hear the word a lot now right authenticity especially with so much content out there one of the that's one of the ways to 
to stand out is to be a real person, right? There's so much content out there. We just want to connect with content creators who are genuine and, and you can usually tell pretty, pretty quickly. Yep. So from there, Austin, is that where kind of a lot of what you currently do now stemmed from? Did, did it kind of turn into consulting to, uh, you know, what, what type of roles are we talking about? Sure. I worked with the startups for a little bit and I realized I kind of hated that culture. Um, I worked with some big brands and I realized I really hate that culture because it's all <laughs> politicking. And there was this happy sweet spot where I realized that there's a massive missed opportunity in the market for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs to build their own personal brands and kind of transition from that like freelance because that's really what solopreneurs are, are glorified freelancers and build that into something that's scalable. And you do that through systems, processes, building out a team, accountability, mentorship. Uh, there's a whole dynamic that goes into it. And I was basically like looking at all my friends who were kind of in the same boat as me and we like built off each other and we kind of built a system together. And I went, okay, here's how you go from that freelancer that I'm a graphic designer. Here's how we make it scalable. Here's how we update and make your sales system easier here's how you build out a team you know like here are all the different components and that's kind of what i love i love that building and scaling because it makes it really really fun um so yes i basically went from that part of my career and my journey to doing social media consulting uh doing a lot of public speaking because i absolutely love it i love the human connection um, and just building from there, doing a lot of corporate and executive coaching, because even though you say you're working a nine to five right now and you're like freaking out trying to build this, it's ironically, your boss is kind of in the same position. You know, there's, I, I literally just had a meeting with somebody who is an executive of a massive company. Uh, she just left that massive company and she's sitting here trying to figure out what her next steps are. And I'm like, your you have all of this experience you know and like most people like linkedin the recruiters would be all over her and i'm like you're in the same boat as your secretary who's like trying to create something and i find that fascinating mm -hmm. yeah that that's really interesting that that you say that and so with an executive like that austin is it trying to help them build their personal brand? Are they trying to go out on their own or are they trying to kind of get back on, you know, a different role or? It, it depends um, for the executives. And I love catering kind of my approach to what they need. But like most of the time, what I'm noticing is like, say an executive who runs, say, a marketing company who knows how to market and sell and do all that stuff. I'm not going to teach them how to build a business. They already know how to do that. But what they might not know is they might not know how to step out in front of the camera and how to turn the lens of content creation back on yourself because that is a scary thing to look in the mirror and what sort of content to create you know and how to build that into something that gets them where they want to go get the speaking deals uh write the book you know get up on the stage uh or you know, whatever it might be. So it's it's kind of like that discovery process and then building the process to get them there. Absolutely. Are you still doing live videos? And if so, what are your favorite platforms for doing so? 
Uh, I took a break from doing live videos. It's I. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I my last sort of live streaming was on TikTok and Lively, and I was dressing up as a unicorn, dancing around like a silly person, uh, making tons of people laugh, just having a grand old time because. I don't know. I'm a weirdo and I like that sort of stuff. But I decided to take a step back because I was realizing that I was creating content for the audience and not creating content for myself. And it is exhausting. So mm -hmm. I, I, I stepped back from live streaming and I went, what is something I want to do? And I looked at public speaking, which is something I've always been keen on. And I threw myself into it and started building my speaking career, started doing the motivation. I'm working on a new book right now, and I have my editors and my team helping me build that thing out. So it's, it's, it's really scary dropping the thing that makes you successful. But again, I find that thing that makes me afraid, and I go all in on it. Absolutely. What would you recommend to someone doing a lot of live streaming now? Did, did you like it on TikTok or what, oh, what yeah. are kind of the, the platforms? Um, so the platform predicates is based off of what you're looking to do um, and where your, your audience is. I'm agnostic when it comes to what social media to be on. I've been on them all. I've gotten lots of results on all of them. It's the one where you enjoy it the most and you're having the most fun creating content at the end of the day. Your audience is going to be on every platform. You'll always be able to find them. Um, if you're looking for maximum results with the minimum amount of effort, Facebook, because of advertising period, end of story. Facebook advertising is massively powerful. YouTube advertising, massively powerful. Those are the two platforms. If you want to create the most results through advertising, that's where you want to be. Um, so like side tangent here, like say, say you, you want to build an audience and not put a ton of work into it create evergreen content on YouTube and focus on generating a decent retention rate of say 40 to 60%. If you can get that on your videos, you're killing it. Take those things and advertise those videos in the discovery feed. Basically, when you go onto YouTube, some ads pop up like on that homepage, or mm -hmm. if you're watching something, there's usually an ad on the side that you have to click on. Those two places are great because they're opting in to watching your content. They click on it. If it's a normal piece of content, they will subscribe. So like you could be advertising for five to $10 a day, getting two to 300 views a day and using Roberto Blake, who's this massive YouTube creators, uh, 1% rule that should get you one to two subscribers a day. And honestly, I found it to actually be higher. You could get like three, four, five subscribers a day. And even though that doesn't seem like a lot, you're breaking the system by using advertising to get yourself discovered and you're building your audience. So things like that are really, really fun. If you're looking for the most amount of organic growth and you don't want to uh, advertise, TikTok, Lively, hugely powerful. Uh, the key to anything like that on an emerging platform is to pick your niche and then pick your sub niche. If your niche is say motivation and inspiration, there's a ton of people out there. So you have to like hyper focus that down. You go, okay, motivation mm -hmm. and inspiration for 
creative solopreneurs because even solopreneurs are huge because you have your copywriters and designers but you also have your you know um lawyers and it people and whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. so you have to like hyper niche it down and then understand what they need the most and create content around that and you'll grow really well uh so I hope that answers your question. I kind of went on a tangent there. Yeah, no, that, that was super helpful. Very, very helpful. So Austin, I, I want to go a little bit deeper for the solopreneurs out there, right? Because that's kind of your, your specialty. So let's say we're talking about, I don't know, right? A freelance uh, designer or a freelance coach, right? There's a kind of okay. like coaching has, has been super popular of sure. late. And they're just getting started. Right. And, they, okay. you know, maybe they left their nine to five or they got fired or they've always wanted to go out on their own. Or, heck, maybe they've been doing the freelancing, mm -hmm. but they want to take it to the next level. What are some, you know, things that a lot of people don't do or, or what are the first few things that you ask a lot of your clients to do to kind of help them take take their business, either get it started or, or to take it to the next level? Read. Read what? It, it's that simple. Uh, there are a ton of great books. So let's say you, you kind of gave me a few scenarios. Say you're a freelancer and you're just starting to like build up and you're looking to scale. There's a book called E-Myth Revisited, which is fantastic. The synopsis of it is basically you're in a glorified freelance position uh, if, if you're not creating systems to scale your business. And the way you create systems to scale your business is really simple. At the end of the day, every single day, you sit down and you write what the heck you did, how you went about it, what worked, what didn't work, okay? And even if it's sending emails all day, you need to create a system for it. And just doing this, one of my clients went from uh, like, six, uh, like just barely almost making six figures to making multiple six figures, uh, selling massive deals all through email because she scaled her entire business. She realized she hates getting on the phone, doing sales calls, and she doesn't want to do it. So what we do is we created basically an email system. When a lead came in, it's like, okay, here you go. Here's how I can help you. Here's the package. Here's all the testimonials take as much time as you need to make a decision. And that worked insanely well for her because if you give all the information the client needs to make an informed decision and you don't pressure them, they will say yes if your product and service is really good. Hers was fantastic. So it's, I recommend reading. Um, Essentialism is another great book. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is a fantastic book. Uh, I'm huge into personal development, and I think that's where everything needs to start. Lean Startup is a great book. Uh, I literally can give you a list. I can't name them all. My Audible is chock full of amazing books. Um, the other thing with reading, too, is I love audiobooks because you can 1.5, 2x the speed, and you can go through it really fast do not feel bad if you don't get through the whole book. If you get like 50% of the way and it's not helping you anymore, shut it down, go get a new book. Just keep the process going. So first thing is reading and consuming because you have wisdom from many, many people and it's super helpful. Uh, then it's creating systems and structures. The next thing is building out a team. 
it is so pivotal to create other people in place to help you. Like, I suck at design. I cannot design. I couldn't draw a stick figure to save my life. And this entire social media world is all graphic design and copywriting and things like that. I have to find the right people, put them into place because it helps me scale my business and it gets me out of doing those things. So focus on doing that. Um, I do recommend you always practice a little bit in your weaknesses. Uh, I know people like Gary Vaynerchuk say stick to your strengths, and I think that's really great like 90% of the time. But if you have a glaring weakness, uh, you're, what's that phrase? Like you're only as strong as the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like if you don't understand cash flow and you're not reading up on good financial health and how to build and scale a business, like the book Profit First, it's fantastic for understanding cash flow. You're going to inevitably put yourself in a predicament that you're spending as much as you're making and you're not growing. So understanding and growing in those weaknesses works really, really well. Don't put a ton of time, just like work on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I also find just knowing enough to, because like you said, kind of hiring for your weaknesses, you can only hire as well as you kind of know what you're looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. So like like you said, if, if you're terribly lost when it comes to numbers and financials and you go to hire a bookkeeper or, a, or an accountant, you need to at least be able to speak the, the language a little bit. Right. Otherwise, how are you yep. going to pick the right person that might be the good fit for you? Yep. And then they might, you know, they might be talking over your head when they're giving you the reports. So we, we got to know the bare minimum. So yeah. I, I absolutely I absolutely agree with the. Uh, agree with you there Austin now what do you what do you tell your clients in terms of we kind of you touched on like niching with regards to content creation do you have the similar line of thought for services and and, you know for freelancers that kind of like niching approach oh absolutely um so there's kind of two approaches that work well it just depends what works for you and no system works perfectly for every single person out there um One system that works insanely well is just reading what the market wants and giving him exactly that. So say, for instance, I am a graphic designer and I've already admitted I'm not a graphic designer. Okay. And I want to build a business as a graphic designer. Well, first off, you could design business cards. You could design websites. You could design social media posts, three very different uh, things right there. So you kind of have to f- make a decision. And I know every graphic designer out there or insert your professions like, well, I can do it all. Don't do it all. Do one thing and do it really, really well. So let's say I want to design websites, right? Because they're always needed. Well, then you have to look a little bit deeper and it's like, okay, what sort of websites and what sort of industry, right? Uh, you could design websites for restaurants. They're very specific. You need to make sure you can get the menu up and you can get the uh, times and locations up and that's about it, how to contact them. They're very simple websites, but that's all you need for a restaurant. But say you're designing for the healthcare industry. That's very, very different. And you need to understand what that market needs. From there, I'm giving the entire game plan here. From there, go onto Facebook. Go into Facebook groups related to your niche that you want to break into and start reading 
and listening, reading to the questions that people are asking, listening to the answers, do the research, go on to Yelp. Yelp is fantastic for understanding what the market needs. Those three-star, two-star reviews, four-star reviews, they're the ones that are going to tell you exactly how to improve upon a product or a service. Um, look on Amazon, read the reviews, right? Yeah. Market research is crazy important if you want to create something successful. So start doing it. Um, Reddit has subreddits which have fantastic resources and you can start learning that industry. Once you have that, then start creating the process that is scalable. One of the biggest lessons I learned in my failure is doing bespoke work, you know, going, okay, every client's different. So I'm going to do something different every single time. Mm -hmm. As much as we want to present that to our clients, like I know you're different and you're unique. If you're a freelancer, just getting yourself off the ground, I'm sorry, you're like every other freelancer out there. There's like a one or 2% that may be different and that's something we can customize, but like 98% of it needs to be exactly the same because it allows you to create something, scale it and get good results. Uh, so do that. So that's like kind of the one path to go. Market research, give them exactly what they're looking for. For the far majority of people, I would recommend that. The other way is to kind of look at yourself and look back at yourself and go, what did I need two, three, four years ago? And then serve who you were four or five years ago, whatever time frame mm -hmm. that is. Answer those questions, build it, put the content out there, speak from wisdom of, hey, this is what I needed to hear. This is what helped me. And you will build your audience and you will attract your audience and you'll be able to serve them. So that's kind of the two ways to go. I still recommend building something that's scalable, like I was saying beforehand, but those are two different approaches. Awesome, yeah, that, that's really good stuff and should give people some very good guidance. Uh, Austin, I also wanted to ask, with regards to social media and email lists, which you've mentioned now a, a few times. So okay. in regards to a, you know, a new freelancer, someone who's trying to scale, how do they approach, you know, social media content creation and how do how do email lists tie into that? I know this is kind of a broad question. Sure. But, you know, especially as an individual, you're, you're kind of the face of the company, but, you know, it's a small company. You're trying to scale the company. How do you recommend approaching content creation? Um, this is a really in-depth question and I, I want to give you the best answer, but it's going to be a little bit different depending on the person. Uh, if we're talking about content creation, I'm just gonna broad strokes this. If we're talking about content creation, I recommend a video first strategy, period, end mm. of story. Because being on video allows you to take that piece of content and cut it down a number of different ways to make it easier for yourself. For instance, right now we're doing this podcast, this is on video and I can take this and you can take this, we could cut it down into multiple different pieces of content. But I also am using a program called otter.ai, which automatically records what I'm saying and what you're saying and transcribes it for me. And I can take this and I can take the answers I've given and turn them into blog articles. 
I've already reduced the amount of time and energy it takes for me to create a piece of content by doing a video content and an audio piece of content like this. Um, especially if you're turning something like this into a YouTube video and you're doing all the editing and whatnot, that's really fantastic. So I do recommend from a content standpoint, you start with video because then you can reduce it and distill it down into multiple pieces of content from there. Um, mm -hmm. You can turn it into an email newsletter and blast it out and, and anything you need. So that's one aspect. The second aspect is from the business scaling standpoint, do a reverse funnel. So if you were to look at a triangle, the typical funnel, you have awareness in the top stage. This is all your social media posts. You have consideration in the middle stage. Generally speaking, this is your opt-ins and your email marketing, get people to want to purchase your service. And the last is the conversion. Hey, I want to work with you. You know, I want to send an email, get in contact. Let's work together. Help me. That's your conversion stage. If you're looking at a content creation standpoint, I recommend starting at the bottom first. What is the things that are going to convert people from that middle stage to the bottom? It, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense because like you're looking at that top stage like, oh, I want to grow my following. That's where the social media is. You got to create that sort of content. But if you start by answering the questions that people need to hear, to get them to want to work with you, how much does graphic design services cost? If you answer that, like boom, 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 it costs $500 for a logo, business cards, and a brochure. I'm just making something up. They understand and they go, hey, I want to work with you. Now, I will warn you, if you're just starting out, a lot of times if you do something like that, you're going to get a lot of people who are price competitive. It may not be the perfect client for you, but that's okay because cash flow is really important. As you're building up, as you're getting the clients, you can be more selective and it'll allow you to create more content that kind of starts weeding out the types of people you don't want to work with, if that mm. makes sense. Um, yeah, so does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that, that that's great. I especially like thinking about it in that funnel and, and working your way up. It, it makes so much sense because if you don't know what's at the bottom, then the stuff at the top just might not be aligned with it very well uh, at all. Austin, this has been this has been great. I mean, super interesting story and super actionable tips, which is you know what what we aim for here. So I really appreciate it. Maybe to finish off, I want to ask, what are one or two pieces of advice that you would give to someone right now? They're working a nine to five, or they're just about to pull the trigger on going out on their own freelance business, coaching business, some you know, new product idea. What are maybe one or two, you know, less in the weeds marketing advice and just general, you know, one or two piece of advice that you would give them to start their business journey? Uh, okay. Few and, different... you, and you can't say read this time. Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, don't quit your day job just yet. People underestimate how much time things are going to take. And if you jump two feet in, Right now, if you're working a nine to five, as much as you freaking hate it, trust me, I understand, you are, you got cash, which this pandemic has showcased that it's super important. Um, take that money, take whatever you have, save a little bit, invest it in learning um, skill sets. So pick up 
and start doing Facebook advertising and learn it because you've got to understand creative. You have to understand copy. You have to understand targeting. Um, pick up a Skillshare membership. If you don't know what Skillshare is, it's $10 a month and there's amazing online courses that you can get. Like my Facebook advertising is on there and I've taught over 5,000 students. You don't need to spend a ton of money to learn things like that. Um, there's so start learning and investing and testing. Keep your day job and build. The day you quit should be the day where it does not make sense. You're making so much money you are, you, that you really can't do your day job. You're losing money mm -hmm. by uh, not quitting. So it's hard, but it's, it's a little bit of a safer path to go that way. And diversify as you scale. So if you're trading time for money, let's say, um, and you're building up and you're doing consulting, if you're practicing that aspect of, of documenting your processes and seeing what works and what doesn't work, you're naturally going to find business opportunities that are kind of like uh, side revenues. For instance, the, the lumber industry uh, looked at all the sawdust they were making and they realized how much money they were losing. And the sawdust industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm. That's a byproduct of just sawmills and they take that sawdust they condense it and they put it in whatever they do whatever they do with it right mm -hmm. an easy way to go about this is bring a little notebook around with you and every day try and come up with five business ideas that you can make money with you don't necessarily know how to do it but if you work on finding five ideas every single day you're naturally going to see those opportunities awesome yeah that that's great stuff uh, Austin, this has been great. If people want to learn more about you, get your content, get in touch with you, where do you recommend that they go? My website, uh, austinyuliano.com, which I know you said you're going to type it out for everybody. Uh, that is the easiest way. You could also send me an email, austinyuliano at gmail.com. Uh, I would love it if you guys send me emails to say you heard this episode. That makes me happy. Positive reinforcement's great. So yeah, absolutely. We'll include a link to the website and make sure to let Austin know where you heard this from. Austin, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.